0: Oh, welcome. It's Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Are you uh, finally waking up from maybe staying up late for that pay-per-view last night? I know I am. Finally awake here. Joe Beamer, Brenda Alacy with you. Brenda, good morning.
2: Good morning, Joe. And how great was it to see Tom Brady there? Meaning he wasn't preparing for a football That's game. That's right. He, he, I loved it.
0: He had no game to prepare for, That's right. but what was better than that was they showed Miles Garrett and didn't acknowledge... That Baker Mayfield was sitting right next to him.
2: <laughs> it's like the cherry on the Sunday.
0: <laughs> it was it was great. And you know what? It was a nice quick pay per view. I think uh they should have more of those. Maybe one less fight on the main card would be even better.
2: So in all, how long did it last? I'd say the main
0: card the pay per view, it was done before one, so less than yeah. three hours. And you had, I think, only one on the main card went the distance.
2: That's even less than the Chris Collins sentencing.
0: That's right. Which, hey, how topical.
2: Yes. What a segue. It's great to welcome Chris Horvatis with us. Uh, Chris did a bang-up job for Channel 4 uh, in New York City on Friday when the uh, ex-congressman was sentenced uh, in a pretty you know, dramatic fashion on Friday. And uh, Chris, Joe, and I appreciate you coming in this morning. Welcome and good morning.
3: Thank you. Good to be here. And I went to bed after the Sabres game last night after they lost, so no pay-per-view for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: So you're the most rested in uh, the studio right <laughs> yeah, now. I guess exactly. so. Exactly. So, Chris, you were there, so obviously the first question, just set the scene. What was it like in that courtroom? You know, we were all following on Twitter, all following after, during the uh, live reports, but you actually got to be live in the courtroom seeing the blow-by-blow.
3: There was so much emotion, Joe. Uh, the first, it was, it was a lengthy hearing. It, I think it lasted more than three hours. I've never been in a sentencing that long, uh, and the first probably two hours of that, consisted of the prosecutors and Chris Collins' defense team uh, arguing details back and forth, uh, mitigating factors, aggravating factors. Of course, the judge eventually ended up sentencing Chris Collins to 26 months in prison. Uh, The last hour was when the defense really started to hone in on why, in their view, the former congressman should have been sentenced to probation. And they highlighted his public service, some of the um, charitable acts that he's done, uh, the more than 100 letters that were sent to the judge on his behalf. They tried to paint him as a, I'll, say, I'll use the word elderly man, he's 69, who uh, has a low risk of uh, recidivism, low risk of committing another crime, and they argued probation was appropriate. And then Chris Collins stood up and he spoke for five minutes, and it was a side of Chris Collins that nobody in the public eye has ever seen before, and it's it's a it's a shame that cameras aren't allowed in the courtroom because it's a side that his constituents never never saw and will never see uh, of him. Um, I don't say it's a shame that cameras weren't in the courtroom because you know pe- people want to see him see his downfall. That's not what I mean, but I think it would have been of value for people to see how this has impacted him. And uh he said he's not in a good place. He um he said his life has been shattered, his family has been shattered. He he said he's in a dark place right now. Um he and said this all through tears and the tears at sometimes made it difficult to even understand what he was saying. So uh you know, I'm not, I'm not the judge of uh, whether he meant those words or not. Pe- pe- people out there can decide that on their own, but uh, it, it appeared as if the emotion was raw to me. And, um, and then the judge uh, heard that, and then the judge sentenced him to 26 months in prison.
0: What was the reaction of those in the courtroom... When the sentencing was down, we've obviously all seen Hollywood portray reaction. How was it from those that were there for Chris Collins, and maybe those who were there against Chris Collins?
3: It, there did not appear to be a. It, it wasn't a dramatic. There was no dramatic gasp or anything. I think is maybe what you're you, you're referring to when yeah. you <laughs> see when you say uh, you know what we see in Hollywood. There wasn't a dramatic. You know, I think. Um, it, it, The defense team just kind of sat there, stone-faced, staring at the judge as he issued that sentence. Um, And then what I, you know, this is something that I found interesting and something that I think people here in Buffalo might find interesting. The very last thing the judge said to Chris Collins was, I urge you to go back to Buffalo because the former congressman said he hasn't been back. After he pleaded guilty in October, he went down to Florida and he hasn't been back here since. And uh, the ju- he, Chris Collins told the judge, I can't face my constituents. And the judge said, I think you need to go back to Buffalo. Uh, I think people there need to see that you'll pay your debt to society. And I think that um, it might even help you. The judge saying this to Chris Collins, I think it might even help you if you go back to Buffalo. We have no indication if he'll ever do so. Uh, but... Uh, I found it interesting that the judge thought that might be appropriate.
2: Yeah, I thought so too, Chris. And the judge also said, try to make something good out of something yeah, bad, that's right? right? Um, so when it started at 2.30, I remember thinking, "Yeah, you know, I've got to be by my radio to hear what's happening. I never expected the sentencing to last for three hours. And I think even you said you were surprised mm-hmm. that it took that long. So procedurally, I, I saw Collins go in the front and I had read that he wanted to go in the side way, but they wouldn't let him go in that way. Who was with him? Was it his daughter along with the attorneys?
3: That was his defense team, and um, about 10 minutes prior to his entering the courtroom, um, his wife Mary entered the courtroom, so um, I, the people you're referring to was his defense team, and the, uh, we have seen Chris Collins, at least I have in every uh, hearing in this case that I've covered, come in that side door, and we overheard. Uh, as they were stopped by the u.s marshals who run security in the courthouse Uh, his attorney say no the judge gave us permission to come in this side door and um uh, apparently they were denied entry and had to had to skirt around and go go up the front um and then of course chris collins later uh came out the front door after the hearing um, around 6 o'clock, and, uh, of course, there were a lot of cameras there waiting for him.
2: And you were right in the middle of your live shot, right? Yeah, that's right. And I I was watching that, Joe, as it happened, and I oh, my gosh, all of a sudden you can see the doors open and who's coming down the steps, but this very familiar figure, and you never know what's going to happen in a live shot, Chris, right, for those of us who've worked in TV for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, What was his... What was his demeanor in the courtroom during this long sentencing hearing? Was he sitting slumped at the table? Did he confer often with his attorneys? What, what was sort of his demeanor at that time? I think
3: prior to the hearing. So the hearing actually got started a touch late. It was scheduled for 2.30. It maybe didn't start until 2.50 or so. And so uh, in that maybe 20, 25-minute period, uh, we're just kind of sitting in, in the room. And he was conversing with his family, uh, I said his wife and uh, his daughter and one of his brothers was also there. Uh, he was conversing with them. He was conversing with his legal team. That was a Chris Collins that we have seen before. I made reference earlier to a side of Chris Collins that people have not seen. He, he, he was just being Chris Collins at that point in time. And then as the hearing got underway, um, no discernible emotion or reaction in his uh, face, but... It all changed, like I said, when he stood up to address the judge.
0: You, when the judge was speaking, did he ask Chris Collins why he ran for re-election in 2018, knowing that he had—now i mean, now he's uh, uh, pled guilty. So knowing he had committed these crimes, why he would put his constituents through that election? You know,
3: that's very interesting. Uh, yes, the judge seemed to really be interested in, just judging based off the questions he asked— the fact that Congressman Collins is indicted, and then of course, as you guys remember, the day he was indicted, he flies back to Buffalo and he holds a press conference, and calls the charges meritless. And then he and he doesn't say that he's going to suspend his reelection campaign at that point in time or anything. And then two or three days later, he does announce he's suspending his campaign. And then a little more than a month after that, he changes course and says, I am going to campaign and I am going to stay on the ballot. And then, of course, he wins reelection. The judge was very interested in that particular sequence of events. And one of the things the judge said just prior to issuing the sentence was, I do credit as I, you know, decide this sentence. I do credit your public service over a term as Erie County Executive and several terms as the 27th District Congressman. However, he said, I have to temper that with the fact that those people in the 27th District right now, they don't have anyone representing them in Congress as a result of this entire ordeal. So uh, that mattered to the judge, I really think, and, and played into his decision making.
2: And, and also, I think, Joe, with the fact that uh, the congressman lied, kept saying it was fake news, and then decided to you know, come back and pretend that everything was all right in his world and that it happened all over where the, the truth eventually came out, everybody was speculating that perhaps it was because his son was going to be indicted and, uh, you know, and he faces sentencing, sentencing next Thursday. Uh, and on Friday the next day, his prospective father-in-law Sentence as well, so uh, it was interesting to me that the judge came out and said a lot of these things that I think a lot of people were thinking.
3: And you know, the Brenda, the last thing Chris Collins said to the judge as part of his um, his his what he what he had to say, uh, he said, "Of course, you know, I do ask mercy for myself, but I ask mercy for my son." Mm-hmm. Uh, when you consider what you know what you're going to sentence him to, um, it, it, it appears, uh, Mr. Collins appears. Uh, Part of the reason I think he, you know, he says he's in a dark place and and, um, is having a tough time right now is because he knows that this has impacted his son to the extent that it has. And his son faces prison time as well when he is sentenced on Thursday.
0: All right. So much more to go. If you have a question for Chris, you can shoot us a text at 3930. That is the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. We've got some spots to play and we'll be back. It's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. All right, little Hall of Fame Depeche Mode to bring it back. It is Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Guys, I apologize, but I'd like to address a texter before we get back no into for the show. It, yeah. Uh, text says, "Do you really need to do you really get pleasure out of beating a man who is down? He got his punishment. Are you going to continue bashing him? Well, that's not what we're doing. We are, this is a news program on a news talk station, and we are breaking down the biggest news story in Western New York when it comes to politics of the week. So if it sounds like we are getting pleasure out of, I don't even know if we're, I think we're just going over specifics of what happened in the case. These are facts. I don't think we've thrown one opinion out there.
3: And, you know, I want to also just point out, uh, because of rules in federal courthouses, no cameras are in there, which means there were only several dozen, uh, maybe no more than 100 people who were actually in the courtroom. Uh, So, you know, we can't go on TV and show you what it looked like when Chris Collins was sentenced. Uh, So the next best thing that we can do is explain... Uh, what it looked like when he was sentenced.
0: Yeah, I I, I think when, when it comes to something like this, you want the play-by-play, and like Chris said, you can only get that by breaking it down. It's not bashing a man while he's down. It's these are the specifics of what happened. Because believe it or not, some people have been tuned out for the week. They had things to do Friday night. And this might be the first in-depth they're hearing about what happened. And I believe that's part of our job on this show.
2: Well, and we obviously couldn't all be there. But best second best thing here, we have Chris Horvatis from Channel 4 who covered it from top to bottom in studio with us, taking your calls, responding to your texts, explaining what happened, what his view was of um, the situation with Chris Collins. Chris, in and of itself, it was a very dramatic scene. I mean, you have... It's almost like a Greek tragedy, right? You've got this congressman who really rose up the ranks politically from county executive, came out and endorsed President Trump and became well known for that since he was the first sitting member of Congress to do so. Won handily, even won re-election when he was under indictment. And now... A huge turnaround, pleads guilty, gets sentenced. And then the day of reckoning came for Collins this past Friday in a Manhattan courtroom. So, uh, Joe and I really appreciate you being here, first of all. And it's great to get somebody's, you know, uh, inside view of what it was like in that courtroom. And as you so accurately point out, there were no cameras allowed. So you're giving us your view of what happened. When you heard the judge talk about the letters that he received, both pro and con for Chris Collins, what did he say specifically about how he assessed those letters? Well, first, there
3: were so many of them. And uh, the first batch that that, uh, that we publicly got to see was the more than 100 letters in support of Collins. So these are from his family, uh, some former uh, co-workers, a dozen members of Congress. About uh, and, and then the judge filed publicly a number of letters, that were from former constituents, and the judge made a comment Friday um, that indicated that he is still getting letters. I think he made a comment that I, th- he, I th- he said something to the effect of, uh, "I think I'll still be getting letters for the next week or so." Um, so the judge read every one of them uh, that came in prior to uh, pr- you know prior to Wednesday or Thursday. I think he said, and he made a comment that indicated as he's reading these letters from the public he was cognizantly trying to sift out anything that was politically driven he didn't want that to weigh have any weight uh, in considering the sentence certainly as i mentioned in the last segment he made note of the fact that uh, the 27th district currently has no congressman as a result of all this, and that is something that a lot of the people who wrote to him uh, lamented uh, over. And however, he he Judge Vernon Broderick very very um, he he very very much tried to make sure that he wasn't giving any weight to anybody who was angry that Chris Collins wouldn't support a particular bill Mm -hmm. or support angry because maybe Mr. Collins supported President Trump uh, and was thus writing in um, to try to get him a harsher sentence. He tried to weigh all of that out and and he made reference to that twice during that hearing.
2: That it was not partisan. That it was was not partisan. Very cognizant of the fact that it wasn't partisan. Yes. That, that's, you know, it's going to be tough for the judge, too, because people would automatically say, hey, you were an Obama appointee. You you might be biased. So I think the judge in you know, facing that head on, Joe, really was a, was a smart move well, on his part. And,
0: and, and I think a lot of reaction, though, uh, if you look on social media, is reacting more to Chris Collins and the party he had. And I think we all need to look at this as. Just Chris Collins, no party affiliation, and what he did. And I think if you look at it that way, you really can judge judge him on what he did. I mean, he – I don't want to use the word, but a lot of people out of money, if you know where I'm going. I mean, he broke the law, and he has to pay his time. We – have to get a check on the news with Mr. San Diego State and then be back here on News Radio 9.
4: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers over your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply selling a little or a lot
0: Welcome back to Hardline here on News Radio nine thirty WBEN. Jen Blossoms. They're gonna be with the bare naked ladies at Art Park July 7th. I
2: saw that yesterday, Joe. A lot of good shows coming.
0: Yeah. Quite excited for that one. Last year it was uh, Sugar Ray was my jump back to the '90s. Sugar Ray with Better Than Ezra, and this year it'll be uh, Jen Blossom's Bare Naked
3: Ladies and more. So I'm just thinking about being outside in our park in yeah. July, and I look outside and I think, how close are we to July?
0: Well, it's <laughs> funny to start the morning show at eight. Alan brought a story about seltzers, you know, Truly's, and, and that was like a summertime thing, but now it seems like. That's an all-year-round yeah. thing. <laughs> but for me, if I have a truly now, I'm expecting to be able to walk outside, shorts, flip-flops. If I did that, I, I might do some damage. Don't do that. Well, yeah. you,
2: you could have done it last week, Joe. How about the temperatures we had? Oh, now yeah. we're, we're back to reality now. And now we're, uh, unbelievable we're slipping weather. all
0: over the 90 trying to get to work. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, before we get back to questioning, I, I, I have to say, we have a texter who is talking about Chris Collins and then making the uh, ass- saying that Democrats – have done the same thing without getting by and the point i made during the election in 2018 is the point i'll make now you want your party to be held accountable so then you can have a, 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 a argument against the other party if someone from another party gets accused with something it should be do as i do not do as i say so chris collins yeah if you think blank from the democrat party did something similar to chris collins well then you should be happy that chris collins got that sentence He shouldn't. You you have to look at it without the party affiliation and look at it as the person. Chris Collins.
2: Well, and it was clear that Chris Collins was absolutely uh, guilty. I mean, he said it himself and he lied and compounded it. And his kids lied. His son, Cameron, lied and compounded it. And uh, Chris Horvatis was in the courtroom on Friday in lower Manhattan. And Chris, the judge talked a lot about that. Right. About like why he asked Collins. I think he was incredulous. Like, why would you do this? When well, yep. you could have covered the cost of this, you know, it, w- it would not have left Collins destitute if he had paid the fines yeah. and paid the, you know, the difference.
3: Obviously, we're not saying anything. People don't know that Chris Collins has a lot of money, right? <laughs> yeah, he clearly. was he was he was a businessman prior to his uh, public services county executive and his congressman. So, I mean, everybody knows that, and everybody knows that he has has some money. So, uh, ultimately, the prosecutors uh, in this case have. Told us that as a result of this insider trading conspiracy, there were seven hundred sixty-eight thousand dollars that were saved by several people, including Cameron Collins and Stephen Zarski. Um, and when you think about what you know, the worth is of uh, the Collins family. To some, it might seem like a drop in the bucket, and um, the judge kind of touched on that and made reference to that uh, as well in w- it, when he spoke yesterday. And the lying to the FBI part, that's a huge part in all this because if um, Mr. Collins had, had done what he did in, in June of 2017, uh, and then when the FBI knocks on his door 10 months later and he let's say he comes clean, then I think your sentence is very different because his attorneys tried to paint this as kind of a, an emotional thing that happened in, in just minutes. Chris Collins gets news of this failed clinical drug trial. He's so emotional. He's so distraught. And in an emotional act, he calls Cameron and isn't thinking and just says, you know, oh, this is terrible. It failed, um, giving Cameron the chance to, to dump his stock before it crashes. So that's what the defense tried to paint. Prosecutor said... Are you kidding me? Ten months later, the FBI comes knocking on his door, and he lied about it. This isn't an emotional act. In in the judge, uh, Judge Broderick, when he uh, gave his sentence, he said, "I don't see this as just a spur of the moment uh, loss of judgment, as in large part because he made the decision to lie to the FBI ten months later." So, uh, I do think that uh, we'd be talking about a much different sentence, uh, maybe probation. I'm speculating. Who knows? But uh, if there was no lying to the FBI.
2: And Broderick Broderick also fined Collins Mm $200,000. And uh, once he leaves prison, and we're talking 26 months or for good behavior, maybe 24 months, he has to go through a year of supervised release. Now, he had requested that he be sent to a federal prison in Pensacola, Florida, which is not far from his home, I guess, in Marco Island. Mm -hmm. Chris, did they say that in the courtroom, or was it something that was filed afterwards?
3: That is something um, Judge Broderick asked his attorneys. um, Do you have a request as to where Mr. Collins served his sentence? And yes, he's been living on Marco Island in Florida for the past, uh, well, I guess, uh, four months now, since October And the attorneys did request uh, uh, a federal, it's a minimum security, uh, it's referred to as a prison uh, camp in uh, Pensacola, Florida, and uh, the judge had no problem making that recommendation. So he makes that recommendation, the judge does, and then uh, the Federal Bureau of Prisons will make a final determination on that and order uh, mr. Collins to surrender himself on March 17th by two o'clock
0: so mark when the um, when the judge said you should go to Buffalo and mm-hmm. face your constituents did he mean in the time
3: before he goes to prison he wasn't clear about that I mean I think that he, as I heard it that's what I took it to mean but Judge Broderick didn't say that specifically, Um, and certainly uh, if that doesn't happen in the next two months, it's not going to happen until, you know, uh, the spring of 2022 at the earliest when Chris Collins uh, would get out of prison, and I don't, you know, Congressman Collins, as anybody who saw him leave the courtroom knows, uh, the courthouse knows, he didn't have anything to say uh, as he went from the... Courthouse steps uh, to his uh, car and drove away. But I asked him uh, over the horde of other media um I asked him directly the judge urged you to go to Buffalo. Do you have anything to say to them and he of course you know just continued walking to the car. And he made a comment in court uh, Mr. Collins did that this is his last public appearance. He said this is my last public appearance um so, it certainly doesn't sound like he's going to take the judge up on uh, his suggestion. We'll see.
2: Eight oh three oh nine thirty. If you have a question for Chris Horvatis, who was uh, kind enough to come in on a Sunday morning and talk with us about his experience covering the Chris Collins sentencing, a uh, big story not only locally, Chris, but there were a lot of national media there as well. Correct?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, as was the case when he pleaded guilty in October. Um, it was. It was. Uh, I, I use the term media circus and, and it certainly was. There were uh, people with political interest and people with financial interest. When I say people, I'm referring to journalists with political interest and financial interest. And of course there was a full contingent of Buffalo and uh, um, some even Rochester constituents because remember the 27th district stretches all the way out uh, into uh, one or two towns in Mon- towns in Monroe County and then Livingston County as well. Uh, Ontario County as well. And uh, the uh, their full contingency of media uh, was not passive in, in in trying to get to Mr. Collins and trying to get him to say something or get a picture uh, of him uh, as he was leaving court.
2: It looked like he was huddled um, in the middle of a bunch of attorneys and other supporters. Yeah, as he it, was, it was walking in. It probably tough I, to get to him.
3: I don't know if he was consciously trying to... Uh, shield himself or hide himself behind his attorneys. It almost looked that way. I don't know if that was his intent as he was walking in. Uh, Certainly, as he was walking out, there was no chance of of him being able to do that because everyone was kind of amassed outside.
2: It must have been a dramatic moment, uh, Chris, when um, Collins talked about when he got up and spoke to the judge. After his arrest in August of 2018, he said he fell into what he called a dark place. And he said he pulled out of it because of his daughter, Caitlin. And she said, don't leave us. I want you in our kid's life. And I climbed out of that because of her, is what Chris Collins said. I'm I'm assuming she's talking about grandchildren and so forth. Um, What was that moment like? That that had to be, or you could probably hear a pin drop in the courtroom.
3: Yeah. uh, Chris said his family has been shattered as a result of this. uh, And he, one of the probably... Most emotional things for him to talk about was notes that were written to him by his uh, four grandchildren, and uh, who I guess referred to him as Papa Chris. And he may note how the the notes um, how difficult those were for him to read. Uh, he has four adolescent grandchildren, and I think uh, if I recall correctly, the the oldest one might be twelve or or, or right around that age. So. He notes he knows what an impact this has had on his entire family and it appears that that has really had a tough impact on him and now as he transitions to this next uh, chapter of his life um, you know whatever your politics are how, however you feel about this this entire situation um, I mean, you 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 can't help but but hope for the best for that family and and hope that they're able to to figure out how to handle this and and get get through it.
0: All right, let's go to the phones and out to Clarence to one of Chris Collins' biggest supporters. It's Tony. Tony, good morning.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that if you look at the sins in this world, greed is the number one one of the number one sins that you can commit. Now, I would like to ask your uh, reporter, wasn't the sentencing guideline 26 months to 46 months for this type of a crime?
3: Uh, thanks for the call. The sentencing guidelines call for would have called for him to serve between uh, 46 and 57 months in prison. So the judge went well below the sentencing guidelines. Even probation officers, when they recommended a sentence to the judge, they only recommended a sentence of uh, a day more than a year in, in prison. So probation officers went way below the guidelines as well. Prosecutors wanted the sentence to be at the top end of the guidelines. They didn't get that. Um, the judge went somewhere in, in between what defense and prosecutors were asking for. Uh, And there are several factors that go into uh, the sentencing guidelines, but that's what those called for, just somewhere around four or a little less than five years in prison, and Chris Collins ended up getting a little more than two.
1: Yeah, and I would think that President Trump would think about giving him a commutation of his sentence because Chris, uh, Chris was the first congressman to... Uh, uh, to go, uh, go, uh, want to vote for the president, who who was on his side. And I believe the president should commute his sentence. That's my opinion.
3: Well, there's been a lot of speculation. I know that that uh, may happen or that may in the works. I would remind people who... You know, are, are thinking about that, that it's an election year, obviously, and a move like that would have consequences, would most likely have some consequences, or I should say maybe word it like this, potentially have some consequences um, for the president if he were to do that. Um, but, you know, the, the election will come and go in November, and uh, from there, who it's knows? really
1: ironic in this case. He was on the White House lawn at a picnic of Republicans when he pulled that stunt, when he made a, a lapse in judgment, that you you want to call it. What he wanted to take and benefit his. like I said, greed is the number one sin of most rich people. Thank you very much.
0: All right, Tony, and Clarence makes way for John in Rochester. John, good morning.
5: Morning, morning. You know, uh, I was going to bring up the point also It's too bad he couldn't have the uh, sentencing postponed to uh, later in the year, because once the election is done, whether Trump wins or loses, Trump could have pardoned him. uh, And and Chris had the potential to serve very little jail time, if any, if the timing was right. Because uh, once the election is done, Trump wins. He's got another four years. If he doesn't win, he's got the power to uh, pardon uh, Chris Collins. And I think... I think he'll do it. Uh, the other thing that really bothers me is that uh, I think in this type of trial, the way the uh, uh, the Manhattan Southern District is set up, uh, the Manhattan jury pool would have been 92 percent anti-Trump, and of course Chris Collins was one of his first supporters. I think that the venue should have been changed to have, uh, a a uh, court system in Upstate New York. I don't think Chris Collins would have got a fair trial, and I think that's one of the reasons he pled guilty. I think he would have fought this thing, and uh, if he would have had a friendlier atmosphere as far as the venue go, what are your thoughts there,
2: John? I think it was because his son—they were coming down on his son, Chris. How do you feel about that? Well, I—I I, I don't
3: necessarily disagree with that premise. Um, the Southern District of New York is equipped. The U.S. Attorney's Office is equipped to handle white-collar insider trading cases, and the FBI in that area is equipped for that as well. So, it's not uncommon for that district to handle a crime such as this one. I I wasn't inside the defense conversations. I wasn't inside the the room. Um, I can't verify whether or not they discussed that, but it wouldn't surprise me uh, if they did. And to go back to your first point, I mean, um, I'm sure, you know, Mr. Collins would have loved to put the sentencing off as far as he can, but uh, you you can't just do that. I mean, you can't go in front of the judge and uh, lay that case out Mm -hmm. and say, uh, we want to make this sentencing take place uh, way down the line so that we might possibly get a pardon. Uh, you would have to have a legal reason uh, for doing that.
2: It seemed like uh, the Boy Scouts uh, were a common theme during the uh, sentencing, Chris. It uh, looked like the, Chris Collins often mentioned how he was an Eagle Scout, uh, the phrase, on my honor, mm-hmm. is something he said he, he violated in a big way. Ah, uh, his son Cameron was a very, you know, well-known Eagle Scout who did quite well, apparently, from all reports. How often did you think that came into play? I mean, did you hear that a lot from Collins and also the judge?
3: I found it telling that uh, it was the first thing former Congressman Collins mentioned when he stood up to talk. He he didn't, you know, he decided not to first talk about his family or his public service. First thing he talked about was his his history with the Boy Scouts and and the Eagle Scouts, and he said the three words that every Eagle Scout knows on my honor. He said, I violated that. Uh, And he he said, I tarnished my reputation as a distinguished Eagle Scout. That was the very first thing he wanted to mention. I thought it was telling... um, is to just how much it means to him to have been part of that organization uh the boy scouts and and to have been an eagle scout on my honor those were the three words that kind of stuck with me throughout the uh, rest of the the night friday well
0: chris thank you so much for coming in on a sunday morning in the beautiful weather of buffalo
3: hey as long (laughs) as the heats working, i'll be in that's fine
0: (laughs) you're a trooper well chris thank you so much and uh thanks for uh taking all the questions
3: Sure thing, guys. Thanks.
2: Appreciate you being here, Chris. And we're going to still talk about Chris Collins, Joe, in the second hour. Carol Calabrese, who goes way back with Chris Collins, uh, will join us on the phone. If you have any questions for Carol, uh, a well-known political strategist, please feel free to give us a call at 803-0930. And, of course, the Volkswagen of Orchard Park Text Board is available, 30930. And
0: we will also be touching on other political news with Carl Calabrese.
2: Perhaps impeachment.
0: Impeachment and... There was an interesting debate last week that we, I might have a clip or two to play. You're
2: not calling me a liar on national TV, are you? No, I'm not. Okay.
0: Back after this.
5: <laughs> All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time?